Alright, 17 minutes after 11 o'clock and already on Twitter, Tabo asks, Hi Aubrey, can you ask your guests, I thought Pravin removed trusts and CCs in 2010. Can they explain what's happened? I'm clueless. Great, great, Tabo. And uh, I suppose those are the kinds of questions that we'll be inviting from all of you who want to understand what is a trust? Uh, how does it operate? What are the legalities around it? Who may open up a trust? And you can give us a call on 011-883-0702. And as Stanley was saying to you that our guests are from a company called Trustees, John Esso and Fia uh, Fanespe, both founders of the organizations that, uh, organization, both directors in the organization. And they're going to be talking to us about that. I'm looking forward to this call. Let me bring Stanley back into the conversation. Uh, as I said to you, Stanley, that... Uh, you know, the first time I really got to know about trust, and I'd heard about it before. I mean, I think, you know, if you've been around, you've heard about trust. But to hear about trust when is when I, st- when I started to really th- hear about it was, of course, with the Ratanang Trust, the Julius Malema saga and so forth. And at that time, a lot of people started to understand trust, including myself, as a way of trying to run away from people's, I mean, from one's, tax uh, obligations and so forth. What are we trying to do tonight with, uh, with uh, John and, and Fia? We're trying to do exactly what the show is all about, Aubrey. We're trying to change the thinking out there. And that thinking tonight starts with understanding that trust is, trust is about protecting your money. Yeah. And if you're not going to look after your money, no one else is. Believe me, there's plenty of people out there that will happily grab your money for you. But as we know, unfortunately, the world and life is unpredictable. You don't know if something's going to happen to you tomorrow. Yep. You need to have that peace of mind that knowing that somebody who's got your best interest at heart is administering what you've left behind for your, for your family and looking well after it. And um, that's, that's really what... So give us a call, 0118830702. What do you know about trust? Have you had any experience with a trust? I'm really looking forward to your calls. And uh, well, let me welcome uh, to the studio, John Asso. He is one of the directors at, trustee, at Trustees. And of course, Fia Fanespe, founder and CEO of the organization. Let me start with John, which is usually not the thing that we do. We start with the ladies first. But I started talking to you over the last week about, about this uh, issue. What is a trust? What's it all about? Hi, good evening, Aubrey. Uh, Stanley, thank you for the invitation. Um, a trust vehicle is typically exactly what it is, uh, what it says. It's a vehicle that enables a person, and that could be anybody, to protect its assets that you've built up through a lifetime or through a career, like Stanley rightly uh, rightly said. So it's, it's not a natural person typically. So trust will have a founder, which can be either you, the, the old generic thought was that it's got to be a family member an arm length away, like a father or a mother, um, to create continuity within the structure, but that's not really um, necessary. So you could be the founder of a trust. You can also then be a, a trustee of that trust, and you can also be a beneficiary of that trust. But most importantly, I think people need to understand and try and determine what the objective of, of setting up that structure is. Yeah. And once you've determined that, you know, then the trust deed ought to be written in such a way that, you, that you're achieving that objective um, in setting it up. Yeah. You talk about a natural person versus what? Uh, versus a entity like a, a, a company or a CC or then typically a, a trust structure. Ah. So it's not a natural person. So the continuity aspect never ceases. Because it's not, not going to die, right? If the deed is written properly and drafted properly. All right. You know, some, some deeds... Um, 
does not make provision for that continuity within that structure. And that's also very dangerous. Let me bring Fia into the conversation. Fia van Espey is uh, the founder and CEO of Trustees. Fia, protection from whom and what? Uh, in these uh, volatile uh, days, especially in South Africa, I think there are a lot of people who are after our money. I think the first very obvious one um, is creditors. So you want to be in a position where you are protected sufficiently from, from creditors coming after you. Yeah, but I mean, if you've created a situation where you've, had, you've enjoyed the benefits of a service or a product that you bought and you must pay back, uh, is there nothing a little bit, what's the right word, a little bit untoward by creating a vehicle or something that is going to prevent creditors from getting money yeah. from you? I think what what we mean here is uh, if something unforeseen happens, for example, an employee claim. I think if you can just come closer to the mic, uh, yeah, there you I go. I think, uh, for example, like an, uh, an employee claim or something unforeseen happens in your business. Yep. And then somebody attacks you. Right. Um, we're not talking about you know, normal services, normal goods. You know, kind of in a business environment. Sure. So, 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 so. What it sounds to me essentially is like it is a separation. It's a structure that separates the natural person and creates a, what did you call it? A, not, not a, a, vehicle. A, a, a vehicle, right? Yeah. Uh, and it is a, it is a, a vehicle that is incorporated within the legal structure of, I suppose, South Africa. So it's legal. But it somehow is a structure that has an arm's length, that creates an arm's length relationship between the natural person, me or you, but it has certain rights. Talk to me a little bit more, John. Correct. Um, I think in what Fear was, was getting to is that we want to try and mitigate and compartmentalize the risk. In other words, like you're saying now, the, between you, who's the natural person and that entity. That's why it's important to draft the deed of the trust in such a way that you that you never uh, get seen or it's never perceived to be an alter ego of yourself. And that's what I referred to earlier and said, there's always a founder, a trustee and a beneficiary. And, you know, the master and, and um, the legislative uh, organi- uh, parties look at the trust structure where there must be an independent trustee, which must always be, like exactly what it say it says independent and and not an arm length away again from the, the 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 trustee the beneficiary or the founder so it's typically somebody in a in a um, situation that understands law and that can advise or be, be um, neutral in in helping the trustees of that trust make decisions that to the benefit of the trust talk to me what the deed is you say that the deed needs to be effectively put together it needs to be comprehensive and it needs to be uh, i suppose uh, uh, protective of the trust the trustees and i suppose the founder of the trust what 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 is that deed what what does that mean yeah that's a, that's the, it's a contractual arrangement um, between the founder and then the trustee and the, to the benefit of the beneficiary. So typically, like I referred earlier and said, the objective of setting up that trust must be determined throughout the deed. So you must be able to read a storyline and try and understand what you're trying to achieve. So typically, like we spoke earlier, if you want to set up that structure, you know, for most of us that have children, you know, it would be to create continuity after death. 
to create liquidity within that structure. And, and last and foremost, it is a, it's, it's a brilliant tool to do proper estate planning also. Right. So it's never tax evasion. It's never yeah, trying I think to, that's where I was coming to. Yeah, it's never yeah. tax evasion. It's never trying to avoid the other uh, fees or duties that must be paid, but it's minimizing it within the, the, the ambit of the law that's allowed for you to do so. Well, give us a call. double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. We're talking about trusts. How do you protect your um, your well-earned funds, assets over over time, and you protect them in the game of 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 making money. Uh, you know, I, I suppose the one side of this game is trying to accumulate assets and accumulate money, but there's also the other side of the of the equation, and that is the protection thereof. And I'd like to take your calls if you have a trust. If you're looking to get a trust, if you want to understand a little bit more about how trust work, work, please give us a call on 011-8830702. All right. Somebody says, uh, uh, Ben Martin, and uh, uh, Fia, perhaps you can uh, deal with this. Uh, ben Martin says, unless you have a lot of money, which you want to protect for your children and grandkids, be careful, he says. The cost of maintaining a trust, maintaining a trust can bankrupt you, says Ben Martin. And then uh, somebody else who doesn't uh, give us their name says, Praops, I am not a businessman. I'm just an ordinary worker. Can I open a trust for Yes, I think to come back to uh, the first uh, question, um, I think what is very important is the timing of actually creating your trust. It does not help you to create a trust when you've already accumulated all your millions. It's too late almost because to move all those assets then into a trust is very costly. Yeah. So the timing of actually creating your trust is critically important. So if you are planning a very successful career or you are a, a entrepreneur or a business owner who's starting off, it's probably a very good idea to actually start thinking about future and to actually protect future wealth because you, you actually want to grow an asset or a company in a trust structure. Um, and I think the second uh, point that he referred to is the cost of, of maintaining, maintaining a trust, yeah. the trust. Um, and I think that's exactly where our product is coming very handy. There are a lot of uh, service providers who actually provide a, a, a service. Um, most of the uh, services are manual and they charge you know, quite high rates for actually maintaining a trust. So I think it's very important to shop around. Um, you know, most of the banks are involved, there are a, a number of uh, private service providers. So I think it's very important to shop around and make sure you get the best deal. I want to ask you a question that's going to sound very stupid. I have heard of a CC, closed corporation. I have heard yep. of a PTY LTD. Mm-hmm. You go to, I don't know, what is, it, what is it? You go to Cipra, you register, you get this. You can either go to one of those companies where you can buy a shelf company yep. or you go to a bank and they help you with that nowadays. Yeah. How do you get a trust, and who can get a trust? Who who is this person? Then is it anybody? Uh, I had the uh, SMS that said, um, uh, "I'm not a businessman. I'm just an ordinary worker. Uh, can I open a trust?" Yes, um, I think a very important point to to remember is from an estate planning point of view specifically. I'm not talking about. Um, to protect your assets uh, or other reasons to have a trust. But from an estate point of view, um, the government has not really updated um, the exemption amounts, um, uh, you know, uh, um, recently. So any person or uh, a couple who's got 
uh, assets in excess of 7 million rand in total should really consider having a trust. Oh, okay, so if because you like 6.99999 six, six mm-hmm. million. <laughs> yes, then, then it's probably almost too late because yeah. the moment you, you go over that, then you need to tr- start transferring assets into a trust, obviously, when you start creating it. Right. So, you know, and a lot of people think it's a lot of money, but go and add up. Remember, you need to add all your assets, including life policies, etc. So the day that you die, that kind of liquidation and distribution account calculation that you have to make, you have to think about. We've got a couple of calls coming in on 11883 I suppose now we have a sense of what is the structure. It's a structure. It's a legal entity. How then do you put assets into it how what legal framework protects those assets from it between yourself the natural person who opened founded the trust and the trust itself I, i'm interested to find that about uh, find out about that but lots of calls starting to come through on 0118830702 my guests john assor and uh, uh fia fanaspey uh from trustees and i'm looking forward to your calls as we get to understand a little bit more what the trust is all about uh oh, shame here's a an intro how do you say this q a on uh, on twitter says uh, Aubrey, this good program will end and we'll start talking politics, which is sad. Or we'll end at 12 and we'll start talking politics, which is sad. Yeah, you know, it's, that's what happens. We're going to talk about politics at some point uh, uh, in the show. And then somebody says, you're Aubrey and... Uh, you enjoyed this allegation about the ANC because you are the number one enemy of the organization. No, not the enemy of the organization. I'm an enemy of corruption. And I tell you right now, when you have uh, war rooms that are started by any organization, ANC, it doesn't matter if it is corrupt. We're going to call it that. <laughs> we're going to call it that. But remember, that's not what we're talking about at the moment. I'm opening up the lines in the second hour of the show so that we can talk about the war room, that strange list. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts. By the way, the EFF has called into question President Jacob Zuma's decision to send the Financial Intelligence Center Amendment Bill back to Parliament. The party's chief whip, Floyd Chivambu, says the ANC supported the the FICA bill's passage through Parliament and its National Executive Committee resolved it should be signed into law as a matter of urgency talk about that too in the second hour of the show so i'm looking forward to your calls on 811 uh sandile in says hi aubrey ask your guests to explain the phenomena where a trust could be declared by the court as the alter ego of the founder thereby rendering protected assets attachable divisible and that is from sandile in secunda great great question and i suppose it's going to all of that stuff that we've been talking about is how does it really work then you've explained to us what the structure is but how does it work uh in the operational sense but let me take a few calls veronica in santon high hey Aubrey. i just wanted to ask your guest um about the trust yeah two sort of important questions for me what i really want to know is if you've got a trust and uh, let's say you leave a certain member out of the trust yeah. and can they contest the trust very good question veronica will you listen on the on the radio yes and i do have another one sure uh, go ahead as well if you've got a trust with the bank and the bank insists on them being the executor of the trust yeah 
uh, what happens in a case like that? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? So you're saying uh, to me that a bank can be... ...of your uh, guests after the show? Sure, 100%. You'll get the... If you uh, j- just stay with us uh, until the end of this hour, Veronica, we'll get those, uh, uh, those details. But uh, are you saying to me that your bank insisted on being the executor? Yes. The banks insist on being the executives of the trust. Wow, all right. I'd Pe- like to know yeah. a little bit about that. Sure. All right. Thank you very much, Veronica, Veronica, for the call. Veronica calling from Santon. Uh, let's quickly speak to Mandy in queue. Mandy, hi. Hi, Aubrey. Yeah, hi, Mandy. I just, I just, I just read the new text that is coming. Zuma has approved it, whereby uh, the trust will be taxed on a donation tax at 20%, meaning that the donation tax comes in this way. If my if I decide to take my house and give it to my daughter, she is a connected they call it a she is a connected person to me. Yeah. Because I'm giving that asset to my child, I am actually donating that asset to my child. It before people used to move their assets into a trust, and then they were never uh, taxed the twenty percent donation tax. This, I want these people to tell us, is the donation tax going to be taxed in the near future on the trust that has been implemented? Interesting. All right, Mandy, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask uh, Fia to respond to your question. Um, and and uh, please listen on the radio, okay? All right, Mandy, yeah. in queue. Uh, but I want to remind you of this question, uh, Fia, from Sandy Lane Secunda. He says, mm-hmm. I ask your guests to explain the phenomena where a trust could be declared by the court as the alter ego of the founder, thereby rendering protected assets uh, attachable, divisible, uh, and that is from Sunday Lens Secunda, and I, and I resonate with that question because it's a, it sounds like what I've been trying to ask. Yes. But then, of course, the whole issue of the Im- bank-imposed um, uh, executor uh, and, and the questions that Veronica was asking, and of course, mm. Q, uh, but lots and lots of uh, tweets coming through also, questions uh, where people are trying to understand some of the technicalities of how it works. Fia? Okay. If you look at the um, concept of alter ego, I think there are two very distinct uh, terms that are used. And the legal fraternity, you know, is only getting their minds around it themselves now, what yeah. it actually means. So, uh, two, two cases. Um, the first, a trust could be... Uh, be set up and it was actually never the intention of a person to set up a trust. So that is called a sham trust. In other words, it never existed. So any transactions that you would actually do in this trust then would then not be valid. Explain that to me. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. So, okay, so, so, so how, how, and under which circumstances, what sort of scenario would there be where a trust exists but there was no intention yeah, to have it? That's typically where people do fraud. Ah, so the intention wasn't really to create this vehicle where you divest of your, your assets and actually keep it in a, sen- a separate entity that's managed by trustees on behalf of beneficiaries. Right. So then the courts look at it and say, this trust is actually a sham. In other words, they are not recognizing the trust. So in other words, it never came into existence, really. And all transactions that happened in the trust are, are not valid. Okay. At the back of my mind, Fia, there's a question that I'm not sure how to articulate, but let me let me let me yes. let me take a stab at it. Yeah. What is the difference between a sham trust and a genuine trust 
in terms of the way that it becomes incorporated? Yeah. So, um, uh, for trust to be valid, you actually have to have an intention to create a trust. Ah. The objective of the trust must be very clear. And it must be stipulated? Stipulated in the trust deed that right. John referred to. And then it obviously must create a legal obligation. So in other words, the founder has to make some sorts of a donation to the trust. So that then creates this vehicle that is then managed by trustees on behalf of beneficiaries. Right. So that is the trust in, it, in, its, in its pure form. Then the sham trusts, you obviously never had the real intention to actually divest of the assets that actually, you know, were placed in the trust. Is this something that would be identified as a retrospective sort of thing? In other words, if your trust was incorporated in 1985 and you then put together the deed in 1990, Mm -hmm. would that be... Something yeah. that, that would s- seem suspicious? Yeah, you see, you when you reg- register your trust, that is when you actually hand in your trust deed uh, right. at the master's office, and then the trust does exist. So um, when you do amendments, I mean, I think that's what you probably referred to, then, you know, you, would, you could make amendments and they could to also the be, yeah, they could also be, you know, um, wrongdoing and not real intentions okay. to actually run the separate trust. That concept versus the new concept that everybody's getting their minds around called an alter ego trust. Now, uh, we've just been involved in a very uh, interesting arbitration case where the courts have bashed the alter ego versus the sham trust concept and even, you know, the courts mixed it up. So an alter ego is very distinct from a sham trust. So the trust does exist. Just the founder typically are handling the assets in the trust as if it, you know, is his own. So he's basically disregarding the trust. He's not listening to what the, the, his co-trustees are saying. So uh, when the court looks at it, they say, listen, you didn't even open a separate bank account for this trust. You never treated these assets as if it doesn't belong to you. You actually treated it as Which if it was Which is what most people do, and that's of why course, the trust has, has, has developed this stigma, Correct. right? Yeah. Correct. That's why government yeah. is turning around and say, hey, we are actually now looking through the trust, um, the, the legal form, and we're saying those assets really, really belong to yourself, the way you actually treat it. So the trust never, you know, is in existence, uh, very different to the sham trust where it's the trust structure is disregarded. Right. So it's a very dangerous territory and that's so important to actually have your proper administration in place. You need to demonstrate that you actually have follow due process, that you actually, you know, do comply and that you actually have your administration in order. Right. The question by Veronica um, involving, of course, the 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 the, the bank imposed. Um, the person. The first question was, if you want to exclude a person from a trust, right? Can that be reco- uh, Can there be a recourse of that? Yeah. Right. So typically, like Fia also said earlier, you know, coming back to the objective of the trust and then deciding who's going to be the trustee on those trusts. So and, and what I said to you in the beginning is the founder could also be one of those trustees. And there's always typically got to be preferably another trustee um, to help you manage these. So I don't know what she's trying to say by, by means of excluding somebody. Um, but I suppose that would be a beneficiary. Beneficiary. Yeah. You see, beneficiaries don't have a veto right. Uh, they, they can't. They can't make decisions in in order to justify distributions to them. That's why the trustee is there. 
So you can't really exclude somebody. The decision is with the founder uh, um, in setting up the trust who's going to be those beneficiaries. And you and one must always be careful in how you're drafting the deed so that you can make provision for adding and taking away people going forward. Because every time that you want to do an alteration to the trust, you have to lodge it with the master's office. And that's why it's important for you to draft it properly initially so that if you if you need to make those alterations, it, it's easy doable. John has alluded to the fact that it's critically important to make sure your trust deed actually suits your individual needs. There's a lot of the off-the-shelf trustees that people just literally sign on the dotted line and it is so not what you actually intended with, with your assets. Um, and it's critically important to make sure that the, the beneficiaries that you put on your trust, you actually make sure that from a long-term point of view, that's what you want to do. Because the moment um, beneficiaries has got a vested right, in other words, you have received any distribution from the trust. If, if uh, school fees have been paid, the trust bought you a car, whatever, as a, as, in, as a beneficiary, then you can't just kick that beneficiary off a trust. So I think that's probably what he's referring to. Once you are a beneficiary, you have certain rights, even if it's just uh, an expectation to receive something. So very careful to put on, you know, uh, all kinds of beneficiaries. Just you want to be the nice so person. So if you're the founder of the trust, the owner of the trust, you can't just willy-nilly put people in and then put them off. No, no. And I'm beginning to get a sense that that's what makes the trust come into its own as a vehicle, a legal vehicle for the administration of certain assets for your for your beneficiaries, so that even it even protects your beneficiaries against you. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We like to refer to it, Aubrey, if I may interrupt, the, that you want, we want to help people create a legacy of love. And that's how it must be perceived to be. So you don't want people, you, you've heard the, the people say that the guy's ruling from his grave. This is typically not what you're trying to achieve in a trust structure. So you want to you wanna make it easy for the follow-up trustee to help and assist manage manage that vehicle to the benefit of the beneficiaries like fierce oh, questions on. are coming out Lithuania on twitter says tax is a flat rate of uh, 40% on a trust and i think uh, mandy also referred to issues around 20% tax and so forth mm-hmm. uh, he says there's also a uh, donation tax to consider only saves money when you're dead says Lithuania so again a lot of people uh, asking questions about the trust vis-a-vis tax please talk to us about that but um jjnip rose says this trust thing is has has a loophole juju used it to steal money when he got the whole limpopo government broke uh this trust this trust can't be trusted says uh, this particular person (laughs) person but speak to the issues of tax around this particular thing called trusts yeah uh uh, trust taxation is really a very complicated matter and government uh, with the whole Davis uh, Commission have tried all sorts of angles to really attack a trust. Now trusts have been around worldwide for about 900 years so it's a very well established, very well known international structure. So what SARS attempted to do when uh, the Davis uh, Commission started looking at it is, is to take away really unique features to a trust, such as, and to keep it very simple, there are principles um, that only apply to a trust, for example, a conduit principle. So yes, 
they are attacking trust, so it's very easy to just lift a tax rate. But the conduit principle basically work any income that the trust receives, it can distribute down to its beneficiaries uh, without paying tax in the trust. So the individuals pay um, the taxation. And then it's a very good mechanism to actually work around the higher tax rate in a trust. So I think that that's it. They, they actually try right, to gonna, attack I'm it. I'm going to slow you down. Yeah. I'm slow you down because you, yes. you, you, you see my eyes glaze a little bit there. <laughs> As so, I said, it's very complicated. Absolutely. So. absolutely. But, but, but we, need to, yeah. we really need no, to get our heads cool. around some yes, of these things. Yes. So, and I'm going to try and paraphrase yeah. to uh, s- get a sense of whether I understand what you're saying. You're yeah. saying to me, that in as far as tax is concerned, and I'm not going to talk about the percentages, mm. but just the principle. Yeah. But in as far as tax is concerned, the tu- the trust pays tax yeah. as 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 an entity. Like all uh, entities, commercial entities must pay tax. Whether they are individuals, whether they are uh, companies, the trust must pay tax. Right. That tax is determined by whatever it owns. This trust. Correct. But for whatever reasons, and I hope that that reason you'll explain, the trust is able to pay a lower tax. Yeah, I think the, the overriding principle is the trust gets taxed on um, any income that it doesn't distribute. In other words, you receive a million rand, the trust owns a property, it receives a million rand uh, a rental income for the, for the financial year. Yep. And in that year, they haven't distributed anything to beneficiaries. Then the trust ends up paying that high rate of 41% at the moment. Ah. However, but, yeah, yeah. if you in that f- financial year decide to actually distribute that full million rand down to the beneficiaries, then the beneficiaries end up paying tax in their personal names on, on, on the amounts received. And now, they don't get the benefit of the... I suppose lower tax that the trust would pay, they would then pay the normal tax like any other individual. So they can't. Rate. So they can't hide behind the fact that they are beneficiaries of this trust, correct? Because they've received full benefit correct. from the asset that is yeah. within the trust. Okay. But, but the value then is uh, a lot of people would know the term income splitting, because we're on a progressive uh, income tax scale. The lesser you, you earn, the lesser tax you pay. So right. now you take that million rand where that would have been taxed at 41% uh, in in individual's name if it was just one beneficiary. Yep. Now there are five beneficiaries and each on average get about 200,000. So the tax effective rate is going to be much lower um, than your individual rate that you would have paid or then the trust rate. Now I understand. That's probably <laughs> why folks want to have trusts. Right, I mean, because all this time when we've been talking, I'm trying to like, so why would I need to try? So you then have certain tax tax benefits if you're clever about this. Absolutely. And I think the important thing is what uh, one of the um, comments was is, um, you know, a a, a trust is just good when you die. I think it serves two purposes. While you're alive, you can optimize tax you know, uh, obviously subject to the fact that it's done properly or then upon death you save estate duty. That's a, that's a different Calls are coming in thick and fast. No double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. My guests, John Asso and uh, Fia van Espe from Trustees. We're trying to get to understand what is this thing called a trust. We hear about it. We 
And um, and I'd like for you to ask the questions. There may be questions that I'm not asking uh, that you would like to have my guest uh, speak to. Like, for exa- example, um, Sandy Lensakunda comes back and says, Aubrey, uh, African elders normally want to keep a house within a family and not bequeath, it, bequeath or award it to a specific child. Yeah, it's usually a big problem. Hmm. It is advisable in that instance to create a trust and keep such a house in mm. a trust, considering that the cost of administering a trust are high and the house or houses are mostly of low value. If not, what is the best way to keep such an asset within the family for generations and rendering it not sellable? And that is from Sandy Lesakunda. Absolutely, he's absolutely correct. Lots of families find themselves in that kind of situation where... The elders, as he says, want to keep this asset, this home. And, and usually it's not in their minds, not the house. It's the home that they want to keep within the family so that if any of the children of that family at any point need a place to stay for whatever reason, that is always there. But it always creates the, the worst fights in a family, the worst, worst fights. We can even have a whole hour discussing that in the next hour. How... how how does the trust come in its, into its own in that in that instance? I think it's a it's a perfect uh, vehicle to actually um, accommodate something such as a, a house uh, for generations to come because you can actually define your beneficiaries as classes. It doesn't have to be a person. So you could say it is the beneficiaries are Aubrey and all these descendants. Right. So it could stay forever. Um, so Aubrey and all these descendants can't just sell this thing. They can't just... No. Right? Okay. No, because a separate body, the trustees are running it. So you want to separate the beneficiaries from, from the trustees. So the trustees would hopefully have a lot of savvy and kind of be objective when they actually look at needs in terms of who need to, uh, to, to actually access the house, you know, for how long, you know, and kind of, you know, which other parties are also, you know, demand kind of similar rights. So I think that's where trust really works well is where you actually have a, a, a board of trustees actually looking after I mean, beneficiaries' the, the, the needs. F- the fights about houses and homes that are, have been left by an elder are, are, are harrowing. I mean, I hear those stories every day. It happens in my own family. Mm. Uh, I, I really hope that this program, this particular conversation we're having is waking people up to the understanding that perhaps it's time to start thinking in those terms that we need to get a trust. John, you wanted to say something? Um, yes, Aubrey, thank you. I, I think I want to just um, back up what Fia says, but what she said earlier was that one must try and move all these assets into this vehicle before it becomes a sizable estate. Right. So typically in this question from the gentleman from Secunda, it will be a good idea to start putting those houses or properties into this uh, trust entity, you know, from the outset. Because as the value grows, the value will then grow in the trust. But I also just want to allude to another thing that it's not good advice to do your trading as such in in a trust structure because that's when the tax becomes a bit of a problem. Why? So because of the 41% that Uh you pay. So typically what what the kind of advice that goes around is that you must always use the, 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 the PTY or the CC as the trading entity and those membership and shareholding then gets protected in the trust. So you would have the shares of that PTY held in the trust and that's what we meant earlier by mitigating the risk. Right. But you're going to trade in that PTY or in that CC. 
You're never going to trade in the trust. Lots of calls coming through. Uh, Tabo again says, what happens after the trustees die? Who manages the trust? Lots of questions coming also through on uh, SMS. Uh, this person says, hi, Aubrey, my friend is going through a divorce and his wife will not let him have access to the trust. It's a huge problem for him as there is a lot of money involved. She has been summoned to hand over the information and hasn't and hasn't. She's changed all access passwords and the bank also won't assist uh, him where to from here please listen on the radio uh this person doesn't give us their sms i mean their their name but lots of calls coming through i might ask you guys to stay with us just for 15 minutes after the news please there's lots of calls coming through and a lot of people asking questions around this particular issue ernest in rosebank hi 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 aubrey yeah go for it ernest um in, I've, I've, I've been listening to the whole trust uh issue and i'm hearing it from a personal perspective and sure. what i want to just throw is um if I, as an entity, all right, as a company, am setting up a trust, but the purpose of the trust is to benefit social initiatives, so in, it's specifically towards the, the tax incentives. Right. I want to have my organization making a profit and um, doing good in terms of the, the business structure that we're running. Indeed. My question is now, of that percentage, I decide to put that in a trust to benefit a social initiative, to benefit uh, homeless kids or whatever it may be in terms of bettering our economy through those that have less. What structures are available and what means of um, paying less tax because they're the beneficiaries? What less tax can they then pay? Because this money that they're receiving, I'll throw a ballpark number and say, they're getting 200000 from me. Of that 200000 do they still have to pay tax, although that money will be going to the social benefit of the current people? Who Great question. Great question, cur- Ernest. Currently, you know what I mean. Yeah. I-, I hear you. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll listen on the radio. But uh, basically, when I set up a trust for the benefit of those who are less fortunate, yep. what protection does the trust have to then give the less fortunate what they obviously understood due to them given from the organization understood Ernest, great question thanks very much please listen on the radio i'm just running out of sure. time in this hour so they may be able to answer your question in the next hour please listen all right all right, all right. thanks very much let's let's get tulani to ask this question and we'll take the break tulani hi i'm well thanks tulani go for it good evening to you. good evening to your guests sure. um, i have a trust it's been run by a bank and I'm very happy with the arrangement. In yeah. fact, I think it, it instills a lot of discipline. Um, there, there's a property that's being rented and the rent goes to the bank and then I am able to withdraw and use it as as, as I please. Yeah. But then I have another property which I have not given to the bank. It's registered in the name of the trust. Uh, I haven't... Um, Sort of like what happens is that I I take that income directly from my tenants. Yeah. Um, now, if I then decide I want to give it to the bank to to manage with this other property, will that be a problem? Is there, are there any implications to say that I've been doing the what's this the alter ego? Yeah. Yeah, 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 or a sham trust, I, I think is the other name. Tulani, please, yeah. again, listen on the radio. Um, we have to take a break now, but uh, my guests have uh, agreed to stay with us for the next hour. Please listen on the radio so that they can uh, uh, deal with your question. Tulani in Bedford View. We need to take this break. We're going to take the news, but uh, Fia and uh, John will stay with us. They are my guests from Trustees. We're talking about trusts. How does it work, China? Let's take a break. Know your rights, use them responsibly. Lead essay.
online, smartphone, DSTV channel 856 and on 92.7 and 106 FM. This is 702. The time now is six minutes after midnight and thank you very much for staying with us in the first hour as we talked about trusts with my guest John Asshole. Uh, and Fia Fanespey, uh, both of them directors at Trustees. And lots of, I didn't know you guys knew so much about trusts. I mean, like all these questions that are coming out, and I'll be reading them for you just now. And there's all sorts of um, uh, contributions that Fia and John just want to go back to from the, the previous hour. Uh, and thank you very much to John and uh, Fia for, for, for generously giving us more of their time in this hour. We'll let them go in a few moments' time. But there's a lot to talk about. To. Let me read some of the SMSs that have come through. Tinashe in Auckland Park, I see your call. I'm going to take it in a few moments' time. But my guests are rearing to go to explain a few more things. Uh, and uh, perhaps we'll continue with this particular issue. Uh, this person, uh, I did read this SMS. This person says, Hi, Aubrey, my friend is going through a divorce and his wife will not let him have access to the trust. It's a huge problem for him as there is a lot of money involved. She has been summoned to hand over the information and hasn't. She's changed all access passwords and the bank also won't assist him where to from here. And I'm hoping our guests will be able to weigh in on that one. Please post your guest details so that I can ask my friend to contact her for assistance. Okay, same person. Hi, Aubrey. Ramifications of fees for trustees. Are they kept or determined? That's from Isaac in Dobsonville. Great question, Isaac. Uh, Orbs, is money from a REF compulsory? Uh, REF, I suppose that's, what's REF? Road Accident, Road accident Road Fund. Road Accident Fund, absolutely. Oh, Fia is on the ball. <laughs> um, here's the question, where is it again? Uh, this person says, uh, Orbs, is money from the Road Accident Fund compulsory to put in a trust, more especially for a 19-year-old, and has to make quotation for, every, uh, for everything she wants to do with the money, even for buying clothes and food, uh, is uh, is it also text? And that's from me, me in Pimville. So lots of questions coming through. Um, and I'm going to allow my guests to deal with those questions. But let's take one more call from Tinashe in Auckland Park and then we'll allow uh, our guests to talk to you. Tinashe, hi. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, how's it, man? I'm um, excellent. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, what is your question, Tinashe? Yeah, like I wanted to comment like on, on trials. Like, uh, like I'm not a, like I don't understand the the law part, but I understand the tax perspective of the trust. So, like according to SARS, like long time ago, people like rich people they wanted to avoid tax, so they were putting their money in the trust. Yep. So now SARS now they came up with what we call an anti-avoidance provision which means now they are taxing the trust at the highest marginal rate of 41%, so that those people who are trying to avoid tax now feel the, the heat of paying more tax. Yeah. But there's, also, but there's also another, there are two types of trust for tax perspective. The one we call a special trust. A special trust is a trust which, like, like for, for instance, the one like a, like a parent can set for the kids. So this trust is only used like the only the person who has to be youngest in the trust must be like under the age of eighteen. Yeah. So the moment that person is above eighteen, that trust will dissolve. So like that that's the special trust. Sure. So that so that trust is not taxed highly. It will be taxed like an individual, like on 
only normal score of 18 to 41. Sure. So I suppose, Tanasha, what you're saying is that there are different products, trust products that have different functions and I suppose dis- different tax uh, tax benefits uh, that are attached to them. Yeah, like not necessarily like tax benefits, like because like SARS was trying to catch people who were trying sure. to avoid tax. So the other one is like a penalty. What the other one is like an incentive, the one we call sure. a special 100%. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let my guests uh, 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 elaborate on what you've just told us. Uh, Tinashe, thanks very much for your call. Okay, cool, sure. Thank you very much. Our guy knows his stuff there, hey? <laughs> All right, Fia, you want to talk to the issues of the tax? I mean, questions are still coming through. Hi, I just want to know the relationship between a trust, a will, and life cover. So perhaps comprehensively if you can just deal with some of the issues i know that there were some core, yeah. uh, some questions that you still wanted to deal with um from the previous hour yeah i think the the, the good news uh topic is uh, the lady alerted to a donations tax that's going to be payable just to put it into context with the davis uh, commission trying to attack trusts um they uh, are very unhappy about the fact that you actually create a trust like all the rich people did you would sell all your assets to the trust on a loan account because normally the trust doesn't have money to pay for it and then that loan literally sits there at a zero percent interest and um, it's the perfect way to actually move your assets away from you without incurring any 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 other taxes so SARS, um, you know, really looked at it very closely and of all the um, suggestions um, that were on the table, that is probably the one that's going to be implemented and they are looking to actually promulgate it uh, the 1st of um, March this year already. So what SARS are doing, they don't like selling your assets to a trust on a loan account and then 0% interest payable because if normal circumstances, an arm's length transaction, if you sell something on a loan, you'd normally get interest. Sure. And then you would be taxed on that interest uh, on a monthly basis. Now, funny, SARS's attack on, on this specific issue is, is, is not a new concept because SARS has this thing about non-arm's length transactions where they would attack yeah. you on the, on the 100% on the difference between what uh, a market-related rate would be and then the rate that you actually charge a trust which yeah. or, or on this transaction which, which would obviously be 0%. So um, the first round came out uh, middle last year where they wanted to have very punitive uh, measures to actually attack those type of transactions where um, they actually deemed the interest uh, in, in your hands, whether there was any interest payable or not by the trust, mm. and you would be taxed in full. So on a, say you, you sold your house on a loan account for 2 million rand, um, you would actually um, be uh, deemed to, to receive uh, interest of 8%. That's the rate that, that SARS picked. And uh, so you would be deemed to receive 160,000 rand interest in your personal name. So when you do your tax return, you could pick up a tax bill of about 65,000 rand just on that deemed interest. Luckily, uh, we've been told to watch the guys in the green seats because uh, they all have trusts. So I think they backtracked a lot from where they were coming in the middle of last year. Yes. So the whole donations tax thing is actually much more uh, advantageous than the normal provisions of SARS normally taxing yeah. non-arms length transactions just in general, not yep. nothing to do with trusts. So the, 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 the kind of 
um, final uh, amendment that seems to be going through now is that interest portion they're actually going to deem as a, a, a donation now. So say the 8%, back to our 2 million rand example. So on your um, your uh, 2 million rand, you would actually have the uh, 8%, which is 160,000. Yep. Now only 20% of that would actually be uh, regarded as a, as donations tax. Yep. So you'd end up only uh, paying 12,000 rand versus the, the other 65,000 that I referred to earlier. And then they've gone as far as because a lot of people put their the primary residence into trusts. So that that is now exempt if you actually as a founder actually put your your, your primary residence in a trust on a loan basis sure. with no with no interest. Sure. So it's much, much lighter than what they envisaged initially. And if SARS just actually exercised um, you know their discretion, like they do with with all other normal transactions, where there's not an arm's length interest rate charged. It would have been much more punitive. So it's actually really good news. So instead of people be scared away from trust because of this big tax attack, it's actually still relatively favourable. The friend of my my listener who is going through a divorce. Um, uh, this person is no longer allowed to have access to, there's a lot of money involved, uh, access uh, charges uh, or access passwords have been changed. T- talk to me about what what is that all about? I think your very first question was who would you need protection against? So I mentioned creditors and that's kind of where we stopped. Spices. I think with the, with the <laughs> number of divorces uh, coming up now, uh, trusts are really tested to the extreme. And typically, the whole argument of sham and alter ego is thrown in yep. because what spouses are trying to, to prove is that the, the other uh, not-so-better half is actually has been treating those assets as if it was his or her own. Yeah. So it's very interesting to hear a lady who's holding on to trust assets because it's normally the other, the other way, way around. around yeah. so, Girls are bad too. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, go the human, uh, therefore, w- when we said when you set up your trust, you better be so careful and make so sure that the trustees that you appoint on your trust and the beneficiaries that you actually nominate, uh, you know, couldn't come back biting you later on. If things are set up properly and if it's done as a husband and a wife, it's very important to make sure that both actually have insights into the trust and and be on the trust uh, the board of trustees right and i think that's typically where things go wrong uh, is a trustee uh, doesn't have the other uh, uh, spouse in and then thinks he could actually do as he wishes so it's very easy for people these days to attack trusts on on lack of administration so we're back to the alter ego um, argument and the court cases as i said we've just been through arbitration matter uh, the, the 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 court cases are going a, a lot around um, simulated transactions, therefore your sham trust. So those are literally just set aside. So the alter ego, the courts are getting used to it, but the days are going to come where the spouse is going to prove that you've actually been treating these assets of your own, the administration has not been up to date, and then for the courts to actually look through it and then regard the assets as your own. I'm still getting the sense that uh, the question by Mandy and uh, Veronica wasn't answered about the 20% donations tax 
uh, would I be correct? Um, okay, uh, let's let's just revisit. That's that. It's got to do with that interest-free right. loans okay. that we just we just discussed. So, yeah. the donations tax they actually levy now on that call it the deemed interest, the interest that you ought to have paid. So they regard that as a donation now. Previously, they actually put the whole interest deemed amount slap bang into your into your tax calculation. Now they're saying you could actually have that uh, uh, um, interest as a, as a donation and to get complicated, you could also deduct your 100,000 rand uh, donations uh, uh, allowance per year off any uh, interest that you know gets put into that calculation. Tulani called. He's got two properties. One is in a trust that is managed by the bank, but he's got another property that is not in the bank. He draws um, the rentals from that directly to himself. Um, he was happy with the arrangement that he has with the bank, and it works nicely for him. But I remember when he was speaking like that, you raised your eyebrows. Talk to me about that. It's funny how people don't have the discipline to just look after their own stuff and <laughs> must pay other people to do it for them. Because remember now, um, where SARS is heading, you as a trustee have got a fiduciary responsibility to actually act uh, for the benefit of uh, beneficiaries. So you no longer can turn a blind eye or say, you know what, I don't know what's going on. My bank or my accountant or my lawyer is looking after, after matters. So you have to make it your work, first of all, to understand what's going on in your trust and actually be actively and physically involved in the administration. It's, it's, a, it's a fiduciary responsibility. responsibility. So you have to make it your work to actually know what's going on. So, unfortunately, with not having a separate bank account and you just pocket the rentals coming in, uh, if, if SARS finds out about you, you're probably going to have trouble. Huh. Um, so, the so, alter ego is very easy to uh, Yeah, I, th- I think he did say that. It, it, would this then bring the alter ego, uh, yeah. I suppose, phenomenon into, into Correct. play? Correct. All right, there's so much more to discuss around the, the trust issue. And, and I'm hoping, you know, Stanley, that uh, at some point we can have uh, uh, Fia and uh, and John back because, I, you know, just judging from the SMSs that are coming through, uh, a lot more people are wanting to have, I suppose, more discussions around this. I want to suggest to you, um, Stanley, that perhaps you we, we talk about different topics that have to do with trusts um, going going on into the into the new year, where we can have uh, Fia and John to just talk about a specific issue with regards to trusts, uh, the legalities that are that are connected to that, and and, and let's see, perhaps uh, that might be something. What, what what would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at this, isn't it one thing that's obvious here, Aubrey, and that that the reason probably most people are struggling financially is because they don't have a proper financial education. And financial education isn't simply learning how to add and subtract money. There's a lot more detail than that. Yeah. And um, just in a thing like trust, who would uh, who would imagine that there's actually so much to learn from it? I know I'm I'm I and I hope they don't mind me sharing. Yeah. But I know that that has put a lot of work into a book that um, we are going to that they they're looking at launching this year on yeah. trusts. Yeah. And I would highly recommend that everybody gets a copy of this book and reads it and learns it because if you don't if you don't make the effort sure. of learning how to yourself, how to yeah. how to play defense. Let's go back to how we started the session tonight. If you don't play defense, no one's gonna play it for sure. you. Everyone's gonna take your money from you. 
And there is no easy route. You know, sometimes in life there is no easy route. I remember last year we had a conversation and, and, and you were you were saying, come on, are you really telling us the only way out of some of our troubles is, is reading? Yeah, it is. It's education. But we can at least make it easier for people out there by having experts like uh, Fia and John in studio to explain these concepts sure. to us. And I... I, I can only speak on my behalf, but I'm sure for many listeners out there tonight, it was an eye-opener to realize for me too. This, yeah. this whole topic is a lot bigger than we think it is, and that is the, that's, what, that's what we need. I, I think, I think what, what we have a responsibility to break this issue of trust into bite sizes now. Yeah, we've got to start uh, trusting our uh, trust. And, 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 and <laughs> these guys, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest, we don't know what we're talking Absolutely. about, the majority of Absolutely. people. And that's why I agree with you. We need to have them, uh, people who are experts like this and willing to come this time of the night and, and share their expertise. You know, I, I take my hat off to them and, and, and we need to have them more in studio if they're willing to join us. John, lots of people asking for your guys' contact details. If they want to continue the conversation with you, if they've got questions to ask, if they want to understand what are the different products. I didn't want to sell products. I, I just wanted to talk about the principles. But w- w- how do people get in touch with you? What, what, uh, what uh, contact details yeah, Aubrey, uh, once again, thank you for the opportunity, Stanley. It, it was quite enjoyable. Um, our telephone number is 011-888-9088. And then the email address for FIA is FIA, P-H-I-A at trustees, T-R-U-S-T-E-E-Z-E dot C-O dot Z-A. And mine is john at trustees dot C-O dot Z-A. Just give me those uh, contact details, those, uh, uh, those email addresses again. The email is FIA, it's P-H-I-A at trustees, T-R-U-S-T-E-E-Z-E dot C-A dot Z-A, and mine is John at trustees. Wow. And the telephone number again is 011-888-9088. Also have a look at our website. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's quite insightful and our contact details on there as well. Excellent. What is the, the insight, I mean the, uh, the website address? www.trustees.co.za Ah, that, I think that one's uh, great. Uh, great. Uh, www.trustees.co.za John Asso and Fia van Espey from Trustees, thank you very much for uh, having joined us this early in the morning. (laughs) And I hope that we can uh, have you guys back in studio again. I think it's a very, very important issue that we need to talk about. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. All right.